Welcome back to the greatest podcast ever with a host who can't sing. <laughs> My name is Maddie and you are listening to Indie Comics. We have a super, super cool guest here for you. But first, I want to introduce my very handsome co-host. Hello, it's me. I'm Brandon. He's my fiance. <laughs> and our amazing, amazing guest from Carter Comics, we've got Alan Carter, who is his, his name is in his own comics brand. So, I mean, that's when you know you've made it. Gotta respect it. <laughs> Quite literally made it. You have some amazing creator-owned comics, your own publishing house. Um, how did you get started in all of this? It started, like a lot of artists, um, as just drawing as a kid. For me specifically, I was always into the old Saturday morning cartoons, Spider-Man, X-Men, and my dad had a big comic collection. And, you know, my friends and I like to create, you know, make believe you're Spider-Man or Cyclops and all that. So all that came together and said, hey, why don't I just do my own stories? And from 8 to like 13 to 18, it just kept going because I just skipped getting into it because I love telling stories and I loved art. So it was just the perfect combination. That's awesome. And also you're in very good company because Brandon's favorite character is Spider-Man and he may has, have dressed as Cyclops as a child, which I still hold against him, but. <laughs> She's just jealous because I pulled it off. No, I'm a Wolverine fan. If it helps for context. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, like, what was your first comic ever? I know that um, I was reading on your website a little bit that, you know, one of your series you've been working on since you were very young. Um, was that kind of the first thing you started working on, or what was your first? Yeah, the first book I did was a loose version of what became Cosmic Force. I had another name for it. I was I was always changing the names, but it was, it was always, I was always into superheroes. So I wanted my own team, so... It kind of like morphed into being just a, a standard superhero story. And then later on, I'm, I was able to develop into in something to where it was based on something that I liked. So it was it went from just, hey, these five guys and, you know, these couple of villains. And now it's more of this. It's, re, it's very much based on uh, Unsolved Mysteries. I was a big fan of that show. So the story is basically these people go missing after a meteor shower and they come back and they have these abilities, but they've been gone for two years and they have to kind of figure out what went on in that two year gap. And then they have other people like government officials looking for them. Their families don't know what to think because they've been told that they were dead. They don't, they haven't found them. So, and the basically how that started was just, me coming up with just, you know, the characters from when I was really young and then kind of modifying them. So I was learning how to do a lot of storytelling. So I was able to modify the series. So I'm, I'm, I'm the proudest of that series just because it started when I was really young. And then I could see that some of the things I did at eight, I did again at 18 and 20 that I'm still doing now. There's still characters. There's still elements from those characters that go back to when I was eight years old when I first drew them from legal sheets. Now I'm using Photoshop for them. That is so cool. And like, what, what has that journey been like for you then as a creator to watch these characters kind of grow and develop as you also grew and developed as a, as an artist and as a writer? Uh, it, it's a lot like being a parent, like your creations are, <laughs> are your kids because yeah. you, you spend so much time just trying to, to cultivate all their personalities and, you know, to see what works and what doesn't. And, you know, you try to keep as much as you can in terms of like when you started so you can look back and say, oh, wow, you know, 
this is how I started with it. And there were times when I went back to look at things that I did maybe 12, 13, 15, 14, 15 years ago and said, oh, you know, I, my art is much better, but that idea is actually kind of cool. I'm actually going to use that again. I don't know why I got rid of it. Yeah. With that, I know you said you were initially influenced by like Saturday morning cartoons and that kind of stuff. Did you see, uh, and you just said you were trying to like stick to with what you started with. Uh, did your influences change over time or did you try to stick with what like that Saturday morning cartoon feel and look and all that kind of stuff that you initially started with? It changed as I got older because I think for the Saturday morning cartoon influence, I, I definitely needed that for the image of, say like character design so a lot of my character design was influenced off of the cartoons that i watched so you know other than some color changes like the general character design was the same and as i got and i didn't really know too much about storytelling and then the other part of it when i got older was when i kind of changed it so i kind of so i kept a little bit of the character design influence from the saturday morning cartoons and then i took the story from things like, you know, sci-fi books, because I had to look at what I was really into at the time and said, how can I put that into the story along with the image that I already have for it? So they both came together, but they're at different times. That's awesome. And uh, I know one of your other series is called Damn Tourists, which is super, super fun. Can you talk a little bit about what the inspiration was like for that? Sure. It was complete opposite, not of Cosmic Force, not just in terms of the tone, but just in terms of how I came up with it. Because Cosmic Force took many, many years for me to, modif- to modify into what it is today. And damn tourists, I was coming home from uh, college, you know, during like a half day. And this rental car cuts us off. And it's because and, I grew up in Hawaii. So this rental car cuts us off. And I was like, oh, these tourists don't know how to drive. I'm like, that's kind of a cool idea. And the early premise was that they were just like the worst of the worst in terms of annoying visitors. So all their bad habits were like represented as a superhuman ability as a parody, but they weren't really superheroes. So say a guy with this like yellow and orange Aloha shirt, you know, people can't get within two feet of him without covering their ears because it's literally like a loud shirt. So it's playing on like how you shouldn't act when you travel. And originally it was going to be Hawaii based when I moved here. I showed it to some people on my first job and they said, oh, you should just take them over. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of a cool idea. And once I got like to know LA and started like going to other places, I thought, yeah, I can like take elements from different places and, you know, make a story out of them. Like each story is like, is a different place where they end up visiting there. People kind of know what to expect because they're annoying. You spend a bunch of money and they do one thing to get kicked out. So they're them traveling from state to state. is just kind of, kind of happens accidentally because they're meaning to stay longer in one state, but they can't take them anymore. So they're like, Oh, they go to Hawaii. They go to, um, California, Nevada, and then um, Florida. I'm going to take them to Washington, D.C. So it's this whole trip of them just stumbling into all these things, and they don't realize how they're annoying people. So you can you can kind of laugh with them and not really be annoyed by them because they're really clueless about what they're doing. With that, were you trying to like tell people, hey, don't be these people, or was it more like a, everyone knows these people? Uh, are we trying to speak to a, a certain type of audience with that? I, I always tell people like it's it's a how not to guide when you go on vacation because I grew up, I've lived basically in two kind of tourist towns like Hawaii and in in uh, California. I of course was always um, 
aware if I was going to travel. Like I've seen, I know how people were when they flew to Hawaii and visited. I don't want to be like that. And when I'll go to shows, people kind of, they tell their story of how, oh yeah, you know, either I don't want to be like that, or I know relatives like that, or I've just seen random people like that, you know, in my town. And I can tell that they're not from there. So it was, it was definitely like a how not to guide. That's always how I promoted it. Like, do you have some previews for us of different places that they might go in the future? I know they've been to Las Vegas, Florida, California. What might be next for them? They are working their way on, off on the East Coast. So <laughs> after DC, I want to, and the, the cool thing is that I can do stories where they could technically be in two different states because I can just say, hey, I want to swing around maybe South Dakota for Mount Rushmore. But then I want to take them to, say, like close to New York and yeah. Canada. I, I want to end in Africa as like a two-parter because I mm. want them to interact with animals. So I want to take them on like a safari. Oh, my gosh. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's going to go well. <laughs> That's awesome. So they're going to go international at some point then with Africa. Any other international locations or are they mostly sticking to the U.S.? I think I want to... And it's so funny because there's so many cool like places where I want to cover some states. And then once I take them internationally, I don't want to take them back. But who knows if like I have a really good idea to say, oh, I want to take them back to this state because either they haven't annoyed these people enough or they haven't even touched that state. I may. But I think what I want to do is like take them internationally, you know, to Africa and more than likely Europe. But I want the overlying arc to be that people are trying to avoid having to deal with them so they're finding different ways to try to keep them out even if they can't keep them out of the entire country like okay you stay out of my town you go to that town so (laughs) they got to deal with you i'm gonna say i could already imagine mr aloha sticking out like a sore thumb everywhere he goes yeah (laughs) (laughs) do you have a favorite character i know it's like picking between children but (laughs) yeah it's it's really a tough call between Mr. Aloha, Mr. Distraction. Um, Mr. Aloha, obviously, just because of the, the shirt and Mr. Distraction, because because those two characters I've seen the most. I would probably lean more toward Mr. Distraction because, I mean, even when I would do WonderCon in Anaheim, I'm staying at the hotel, there's people out there visiting, going to Disneyland and going to the show, and there's people that'll just bump into me all the time because they, they're not paying attention where they're going, and that's like whole, that's Mr. Distraction's whole deal. Like, he's distracted so he's kind of invincible that's kind of his whole deal because he's like oh let me take a shot of this and he's stepping on somebody's foot or he's like you just bumped somebody that so, was yeah, so i used to work at disneyland we actually used to live in anaheim <laughs> um, <laughs> so i completely know what you're talking about but particularly at disneyland the thing that would drive me crazy is when somebody stops in the middle of like a walkway they'll just stop dead <laughs> and it's like there's a million people behind you and you start this like chain reaction um, and of course, everyone else is tripping over themselves and the person who stopped like to read their map or check their phone is totally fine. Um, what is the thing that bothers you the most? Yeah, basically what you described. I've, <laughs> I've dealt with that so many times at big crowd events, conventions, obviously. Because um, uh, it's just like there's so there's hundreds of people here. You have to stop right here. You couldn't just kind of walk over to the side if you have to check your phone or you want to take a photo. <laughs> 
Right. Or even like I have something too where like I always apologize if I bump into someone, but I also apologize if someone bumps into me. So like I could be totally like totally fine. They bump into me and I say I'm sorry. And then I, I love when they don't reply or they're like, oh, it's okay. And it's like, no, you bumped it. And then I get like angry about it. I'm like, I take back my I'm sorry because I'm not sorry. I didn't do anything wrong. And that's always been like a big one for me. <laughs> Brandon, do you have a most annoying tourist moment um no i'm the head down walk through people type of person so (laughs) (laughs) they tend not to get in my way just ignore Uh, the whole crowd pretty much i can tell who's not from wherever the area i'm from is though because they seem very lost most of the time and it's fun to kind of just people watch them and see what happens because usually it makes for a pretty entertaining moment whenever they they do one of these things like they step all over someone or they start saying things that they think they know and they're a hundred percent wrong. Well, and that's like my favorite of your characters is misinformation, which is the greatest name. Um, And especially right now in the world that we're in, there's a lot of that. So I feel like she's probably thriving. Um, But really just those like, Oh, well go down and take a left. And you have no idea what you're talking about, which I do relate to because I have a terrible sense of direction. So I am the person that looks lost even when I'm, a place I should know where I am. (laughs) So I get that. What do you think uh, your characters would be doing during COVID-19 pandemic? I mean, if they can't go out and be tourists and they can't explore, uh, what do you, what do you think that would be like for them? Wow. And I was just thinking about that because I'm starting the, my sixth issue, which they're going to be in DC. And I'm kind of debating on whether to incorporate that, but I think right now, just in terms of if they were if they had to deal with it right now, no story and everything, they would really be oddly enough, they'd be trying to really uh, tackle things like Zoom. Try, they would, I think, initially try to go along with the virtual part of it because because they're so jovial and they don't really get upset over everything. I think at first they would try to take it in stride and say. Oh, hey, I think they would try to find a way even virtually to annoy people. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And like, I think the Zoom thing is so right. Um, Like, I think there's like a progressive commercial or something that's out right now where they're all doing the like annoying Zoom thing Mm -hmm. and like making a ton of noise or they are muted and don't mean to be muted or the opposite where they're saying something about someone else and they're not muted. And I think that's great. I would love to see like a one shot or something. (laughs) Pop into a random Zoom call. They're like, oh, sorry. Didn't mean to be here. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. How um, how have you been handling everything with your creativity and your art and kind of persevering despite everything? Uh, every, every day is kind of a different challenge. Like I've been working from home for my day job since around March. And like the last show I did was San Diego Comic Fest. The, I think the first weekend in March. So that's when the closures were happening and then Emerald city got canceled and then WonderCon got canceled. So a lot of the shows I was booked for got canceled, but, and it, it's just been one of those things where at least like all of my other comic friends, they kind of, they kind of get it. So everything's been like pivoting toward the online part of it, which has always been secondary for me. So now it's, it was initially tough. Then later on, I just thought, Oh, okay. Where everyone has to deal with it. So maybe I might get more attention online. And then I kind of remembered, oh, that's right. They're still online streaming because theaters are closed. So we got to compete with that. So it, it went back and forth. So after dealing with that, I just thought, well, why don't I try to do things that I would want to, that 
I could kind of mimic that I do at conventions, meaning I do like a lot of sketches in between, you know, down periods at shows. So I started doing time-lapse sketches to kind of mimic the interaction I'll get at conventions. And it, I've been doing it for a couple of weeks and it's, it's worked fairly well. I'm actually doing a uh, game called time-lapse Tuesdays and Thursdays where like I'll, I'll sketch either, you know, an actor or something like that. And it's a theme, either like it's TV dads or it's, uh, like celebrity crushes. I just did, I'm doing comedians. So just, and I do like an agenda once a week where you can, where I'll talk about what I did and then I'll also do a live sketch. So some, so something I've been doing those things to just kind of mimic as best I can the convention experience because virtual cons are coming out, but they're still trying to find their footing. So it's, it's, it's still kind of rough, but I, I think I'm kind of getting the hang of it virtually. Yeah, with That's the awesome. Con, with the cons and everything being down, I know a lot of people are getting discouraged because they're not able to do everything the same way. But with you, you can tell there's like a, a passion there for what you're doing, all the ideas you're coming up with. What drives that passion? Like what about comics and uh, your game and every and art makes you passionate? I think it was back to when I was a kid about just even just drawing, just loving telling stories. I mean, even actually before I started doing comics, I was writing stories about just things that happened in my life, whether my parents took me to the store as a kid or if I had like a weird dream. So even that started it. So I was always, and I was always visualizing things. It, it came from a lot of just drawing things that I liked even before I started telling stories and wanting to capture it, maybe not having access to a camera at that young age, but knowing that, Hey, I could draw it and kind of mimic it. And then the storytelling part of it was just because you're your own director when you not only visualize the script, but also having to do the comic panels and thinking of a scene and saying, okay, here's, here's how the characters are going to be. So it was, yeah, that passion was, was there even as a, as a child, but it was, you know, all the elements coming together as I got older. So it was, it was, it was always there. And now, you know, now I can capitalize on it. Mm. And it really shows with how, with everything you're trying to do and the, the steps and leaps and bounds you're taking with um, all the online stuff that you're creating right now. That's really awesome just to see the ways that you're adapting. And, you know, like Brandon said, it's, it's a weird, unprecedented world that we're living in. And, you know, we've never done anything like this before. And I think that's something that's been so inspiring to me is seeing creators and writers and artists um, really finding new ways to feature their work and to share their stories and share their amazing art with people. And your art style is so unique. And I think I do see those pieces of, you know, the Saturday morning cartoons, but larger than life and, you know, really evolved. Um, and I think it's, it's so cool. What, what kind of brought you to that place where you adopted this very unique style? I think when I did my first book, yeah, it was definitely that cartoony style. I always wanted that almost animated style. So it wasn't a lot of detail, just like a lot of, you know, different line weights, but like a lot of shadows. And I loved coloring. I didn't like things in black and white because I love vibrant colors. And and that was Cosmic Force with Damn Tourist. I wanted something completely wacky and off the wall to represent just how wacky and off the wall that story is. And it was... And that's all I thought of, so I didn't think of a style, so I just wanted something that was different from Cosmic Force, 
And I was really, I always got, always enjoyed the compliments of people at conventions that would say, Hey, you know, I really like this style. They would say, Oh, you know, either it's, it feels like either Bruce Tim or like a King of the Hill. When I heard that, I was like, Oh, that's, I didn't even think of that, but I wanted something kind of different. And, and it's cool, especially with the damn tourist style that I incorporated it into some of my regular sketches where I might sketch like my friends in that style. I'm like, Oh, it could be like a, another cartoon like like a Simpsons a family guy type of style where I can add I can incorporate that into a real person and it can still work. So yeah, that's that's kind of how those styles uh came about. Like one being, you know, obviously cartoon based and the other as a necessity to not being similar to the first style that I had from the first uh, comic title. In that like it always seems like 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 uh, Maddie said, your style is evolving, adapting. It was has there ever been a point where you had writer's block or artist block where you just didn't know what to draw, or where to go, or what direction you wanted to take anything? And where how did you overcome that? If you did, I did twice, and the first time I actually never finished the book. It's one of the few books I never finished when I was in high school, and. I felt I think I feel worse because I had more time to actually finish it because I was just in high school. And another time was actually, I think it was a damn tourist issue. And I was just really stuck because I have a, my style of writing is that I would originally do a script, then thumbnails, then a full comic page, then pencil, ink, and coloring. And I think what had happened was I'm such a perfectionist at my writing that I actually stopped just because I couldn't think of the perfect thing, the perfect scene to write. And I had, and for me, I have to step away from it for a while, maybe a couple hours and not think about it and then come back and look at it and say, you know what? I just have to get it out there and I can just finish it later or I can fix it later. And that's, and I had to kind of motivate myself to say, look, I can't sit there and wait for and write it or wait for it to be perfect or think of it to be perfect. I just have to write it and then change it later. So, and that went into not really doing scripts doing more story outlines. So because I changed dialogue so much, I just need a general idea of where the story is going and then I can fill in everything else later. So that means I don't have to do thumbnail sketches. I can go straight from an outline to a comic page. So it saves a lot of time on the book since I'm pretty much a one man show. So is that something you would kind of suggest to other creators who are having um, writer's block or maybe struggling a little bit is maybe, you know, just kind of take a break, <laughs> take a couple hours away, come back to it later, or even maybe a few years away. You never know that high school one may come back. Um, but also, you know, maybe evaluating the way that you're doing the work because maybe your process isn't the best way to get something done. And maybe there's a different way you could try it and maybe that doesn't work and you go back to the way you were doing before, or maybe it is better and it can help you uh, be more creative and, and maybe have a more streamlined process. Absolutely. I always just say, I, I've told like some other artists, uh, even like artist friends or people who are aspiring artists that came by my table at a convention, you know, any advice for that? I just say, you know, it's because writing and art is such an intense process, you know, because, you, you know, you're using your brain so much and you're trying to come up with all these cool ideas and like anything you can get burned out. So just, you know, sit back and take a break, step back, you know, watch some TV. I've, I've gone out to a movie or watched a TV show and, you know, 
put something I've been writing just out of my mind. And as I'm watching the show, I think, oh, that's a cool idea. That's like a cool scene. And then I just go back to it and I add it into the story. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I, you know, took a break from that. That totally makes sense. What, um, something that I am really attached to is story. And I think with Cosmic Force, you have this obviously really well thought out, long time developed. Um, you put so much heart and energy into it. Um, and it's got to feel really good to kind of see it out in the world now. Um, but also with Damn Taurus, it's so fun and it's so creative and kind of gives people a chance to laugh at themselves, laugh at their communities. Um, what would you say you want people to get out of your work? Like, what do you want them to kind of walk away from when they read one of your Carter comics? Uh, I would say definitely take a chance on something different, whether it's a book, whether it's a TV show or a movie. You know, always look at that something, either a completely new concept or maybe a twist on something that exists because that's how some of my comics came, came about. That's, that's kind of not really my approach, just something that kind of happened naturally because that's just what I was into. But yeah, definitely, you know, take a chance on something different because you never know, you know, what you'll like, what'll, what'll catch your eye. Yeah. And I'm sure it's a lot easier taking that chance since you are independent. Like you said, you are a one man show. Is that what about being an independent creator in indie comics that do you love so much? Oh, number one is the creative freedom. Because if it was for somebody else, it was, if I was working for somebody else, I, there's no way I could do it. It was, <laughs> I think I can initially do it just because it's like, oh, you know, you know, I'm working for like a bigger company, but then at the same time, you know, that would only last so long, only like a month or so. I'm like, man, I really want to kind of do my own thing. That's, that, that's, that would be haunting me <laughs> as, as I'm doing another project. That is really the beauty of independent comics, that not only do you have full creative freedom, but also they're your stories. Um, you own them. You get to decide what happens with them um, and, and where they go. And that's really exciting. Um, where can we find you on social media? You can find me on uh, Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash Carter Comics. Also Twitter and Instagram. It's the same handle at Carter Comics 1. Uh, I have a website, cartercomics.squarespace.com. Uh, I also have a Patreon I just set up about a couple months ago, uh, patreon.com forward slash uh, Carter Comics. And uh, I have an online store, indieplanet.com forward slash Carter hyphen comics. And I have digital downloads, and um, you can order physical copies of Cosmic Force and Damn Turrets. If you really want to hold them in your hand, have that experience. Um, that's awesome. And uh, for everybody, that will be in the description for the podcast as well. So you can go down there and check it out. Um, we'll have it on all of our social media as well. What can we expect from you next? I am now finishing up two more prequels to Cosmic Force. So I have six issues now. And I did, because there's five characters, I did a prequel for each one. Because, because the story's so big, I didn't have time to do backstories for them. It's just... I introduce like, you know, supporting characters to kind of get a handle of what their story might be like. So each of the characters have three adults and two kids. The three adults are done. So I have to do the backstory for the two kids. And it's, they're all 12 page prequels to where you get their early life in six pages. And then the other six pages are when basically the day before the meteor shower incident. So you see like, you know, what went wrong, you know, before that, because it, ended in a conflict for each of them, which is why they're 
the friends and family of them feel so bad when they are gone or where they think they're gone. Yeah, that's amazing. We're definitely looking forward to it. Is there anything else you'd like to share with your adoring fans? Uh, I, I would say um, check out the time-lapse Tuesdays and Thursdays, which I yeah. put on my Carter Comics page, and you can guess uh, which theme I'm going to do next. I'm actually, I think I'm going to do um, pro wrestlers next, sketches. So I'll do oh, the sketch. Fun. Time lapse it, and then as it's as you see the time lapse video, it's like, oh, what is he drawing? That's super that fun. Awesome. Well, we are excited to see your new art. We're thrilled to get more of Cosmic Force and and really dive into some of your characters, um, and of course, more Damn Taurus down the road. Um, and I am so grateful for you joining us today. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you, loyal listeners, for listening. You can check out our other podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and all podcast apps. We are everywhere. You can also check out our website, thegrandgeekgathering.com, for articles, videos, and more. Please also remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Tell us which comic you like the best, and you can buy any of these amazing Carter comics. So come and join the gathering. Have a great week, and GGG! Grand Geek Gathering